what's up what's up what's up how's everybody doing i know a long time no see well, this is a podcast not really no see but um yeah it's been a long time a very long time but i'm happy um to be back behind the mic um this time from my living room so hopefully the acoustics um sound okay it's been a crazy transition um this last month or so but i'm gonna say all that information for another episode because today we have a very special episode i'm still working on like a studio space here in my house it'll be the living room won't be my space i'm in for the rest of this show but um last wednesday i was able um to teach at my youth group actually about racial reconciliation i got the mp3 file for that so i'm going to actually play that for you guys about like 23 24 minutes so um yeah it's gonna be weird and different but i'm gonna play it anyways and hope you guys enjoy it thanks sup how are you guys doing thank you one person's good i love it there we go it's better thank you i appreciate all the nemo jokes they're always so much fun okay if you don't have a bible it looks like katie has them if you put you can put your hand in the air and she'll come find you with a bible Sweet. Yeah, so if you guys don't know who I am, my name's Nemo. And if I have not met you yet, I'm very sorry. My goal is to know all of you. So if you ever, like, are, ever just see me walking around and by myself or with people, come f- feel free to say hi. And I'll try my best to give you my whole life story in two seconds and really overwhelm you. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah. So this would be an interesting topic tonight. Um, it's um one that's pretty prevalent to at least my life and to like our world and what we're going through but the topic i'm talking about is a racial reconciliation so how many of you guys are like are like know what the word race means by raise a show of hands okay how about racism okay so fair share and how how many of you guys have heard of the words like racial reconciliation before Okay, that's a good. That's more than I expect. That's good. Okay, so we'll dive into that a little bit more later. But I know when I say the word race or racism, it can kind of like get uncomfortable and put people on edge or make people like, oh, what's this going to be about? Like, what's Nemo going to say about this or what's he going to call me out on? But um, I, I hope for all of you guys, like when it comes into this topic before we even like I start talking or anything, but um, just like whatever like walls that like may come up or any like biases you may have or like opinions that may come to your mind like I just hope that you can like take those like down right now and just be able to look at scriptures and look at this topic like through the eyes of Jesus and as a Christian and not as um like a boy or girl or black or white or whatever that may be because I think um this topic is important to all of us I think if we look at it through the eyes of Christ we can get a really cool um meeting out of it so I just hope that for all of you and um yeah the world gives us a lot of ways to look at race and what's going on with that, but I feel like God is really never really brought into the picture of that topic, so how do we do that best? I'm going to hopefully bring that to you guys the best that I can be from my experience and what I know, but before we get into anything, I'd like to pray over you guys, so if you don't mind bowing your heads, turning off your phones, front row. Yeah, I'm calling you out. There you go. Okay. I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this time that we can have together and come and learn more about you and your heart and I just pray that as we dive into this conversation that whatever um, thoughts we already have about 
um, race and racial, racial reconciliation. I just pray that those can be put to the side right now and we can embrace it for what it is and embrace you for who you are and what your heart is for this. And I just pray, um, yeah, that we can take something from this and be able to focus our hearts on you and fully on you right now, God. And you're in your name I pray, amen. All right, so I think I have a slide for this. But it's a definition of racial reconciliation. Hopefully it gets put up there. We'll see. There it is. Cool. It's kind of hard to read, but I'll read it out loud for you guys. So the definition of racial reconciliation. So it is the restoration of peace, harmony, friendship, and unity to racial relationships that had previously been littered with tension, conflict, misunderstanding, and frustration. So, I mean, it's pretty basic already in that way. But um, pretty much just like wherever there was a divide or conflict between races, or like multiple races or two different races, um, the, re- the idea of reconciliation between the two is building a bridge that can bring harmony and joy. And it's not supposed to be anything that's like bad or scary or anything like that, but it's supposed to bring um, complete joy um, and freedom. So I think when we hear the term race or think about race, it's like easy to think, oh, wow, this is like pretty intense and it should be like a pretty hard um, conversation to have. But when we think about it, like I don't think any like part of like the Christian walk is like meant to be easy. And this is definitely um, – part of it because like God like took the cross on for us and it's like probably the hardest thing anyone could ever go through and so I think when it comes to conversation like this we're, we're supposed to uh oh it's okay we're supposed to carry our crosses in um this way as well and kind of like be willing to engage the uncomfortability that comes with it but um the topic normally is full of like a lot of opinions maybe you hear stuff from your parents or you maybe um hear stuff from your classmates or from politicians or whatever it may be but um i'm gonna try making it like as rooted in the word of god so you can get um his view um for this and what his heart is so yeah i was gonna dive right in with that really long preface but i wanted to make sure that's what we were going at tonight so we're in the bible do we see like race and racism? And it may seem kind of like um, like a bad answer. You guys okay? Okay, shh. Here, focus in, guys. Focus in. But um, I think too with um, the topic, it's like it's everywhere across the Bible. We see it from the very beginning with mankind, and we see it through Abraham and David and all the way to Jesus. But I think ultimately we. Um, see with the Jews and what they were. So if you guys don't know anything about the Jews and who, um, who they were in the Old Testament, early on in the New Testament, they were God's like chosen people. So they were the elites of the elites. They were at the top of the food chain. They were the, the big dogs on campus, however you want to say it. But um, the crazy thing was, it was for, they were the Jews and then they were the Gentiles. So it was illegal for them to enter like the home of a Gentile. They weren't allowed to eat with them. They couldn't eat the same foods as them. Um, Gentiles were definitely like the lesser caste, lesser than. Um, and Jews were treating them in that way and for a long time that was like kind of like the racial divide so have we seen like like for example we may see like black and white but in this sense it was like Jews and Gentiles and if you know if you guys know who the Peter is Peter in the Bible one of the apostles and big person in the book of Acts so in Acts early on in Acts Jesus ascends and it's kind of like the Holy Spirit comes down there's the apostles and Peter in um, Acts 10 11 um, he gets his vision from God, and on the, in this vision, um, he's chilling at his house. I always, like, envisioned him, like, I don't know why, but I always saw him, like, tanning, like, on his rooftop, and God, like, came and spoke to him, but I don't know why I always think that. But um, he gets his vision. There's a veil that comes down, 
and on his like all these different things like bacon and hamburgers and all those things that he wasn't allowed to eat, like all these different meats. And a voice of God comes to him and he says, like, take and eat. And then Peter's like, oh, I'm a good Jew. I'm going to say the right answer in this question. I'm going to say, and he says, no, I'm never going to eat anything that's unclean or impure. And once again, the voice of God says to him, take and eat. And then Peter's like, okay, like, I mean, this is kind of weird. Like, why are you saying this? And God tells him that I haven't made anything that's impure unclean. So this is blowing, like, Peter's mind right now, considering, like, there's nothing that's impure or, like, unclean. Like, how could this possibly be? And so at the same time this is going on, there's a Gentile, he's a centurion who's of, like, Italian descent. So he's, like, lesser than in Peter's eyes and in many Jews' eyes. And in this time... The spirit of the Lord comes to this guy and says, send for Peter. And so while Peter is chilling on his rooftop, tanning and getting his vision from God, he um, gets a knock on his door from these soldiers who were sent by this guy. And he's saying, hey, he, this um, centurion has come and sent us to you. He has a spirit, he's been um, met by the spirit of God. And he wants uh, us for the, you to come, he wants you to come over and talk to us. And so Peter kind of like still in shock about the vision he has. And he's probably little burnt on his skin and stuff. And he says to them, so he goes over to the house of the centurion and meets the guy. And he says to them, you are well aware that it's against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anything impure, anyone impure or unclean. And so that's Acts 10.28. And there's um, another way of looking at this. So it has this Jew and Gentile. So it's easy for us to like separate ourselves because like, oh, there's no like, we don't really consider ourselves Jews and Gentiles now because technically we're all Gentiles, but we, haven't, we don't really see it that way. But another way you can look at this is it's saying, you are well aware that it's against our law for a white person to associate with or visit a black person, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So this is one of the first times that we see um, this idea that there are both equals and that God can talk to both Jews and Gentiles and his spirit can come on both of them. So... This is like kind of like freaky for Peter a little bit, and he's probably scared for the pushback he'll get from the other Jews saying, oh, guys, like Gentiles, like they're not like unclean anymore. Like they're just like us and normal like us, and God told me that they're equals. And then a little bit down in this um, passage in ver- um, chapter 10, verse 44, um, it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers, that's another way of saying the Jews, who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongue, tongues and praising God. And then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They obviously have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then he asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. So in this moment... Um, it may seem like unrelated to race or race or like this conversation, but this is one of the first times in scriptures that we see like God's heart being like, I'm for all people. I'm not just here for just the Jews. I'm not here just for the males, but I'm here for all people. And no one is impure, unclean in my sight. I mean, it sounds pretty elementary, but to them in that day, that was a huge um, breakthrough in their like form of theology and the understanding of God. And the sad part is too, when Peter goes back, to Judea and goes and talks back with the Jews. It says, um, the apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers of the Jews criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men, that's the Gentiles, and ate with them. So they're 
pretty upset with him. Like, how dare you enter the house of a Gentile? How dare you, like, mess with them? And then Peter goes on and tells them the whole story. And I think with this, it's easy to think, like, what does this have to do with us now? Like, how does this affect our topic of race and racism in 2018? And I think when we look at our, our friend groups and our divisions that we have, I think there's a, still a lot of similarities in, like, do you guys know what homogenous means? Kind of. Apparently, like, there's a lot of groups that are still, like, pretty similar. So we still have, like, um, our pretty much, like, our white churches. We have black churches. We have, like, Korean churches. We have churches that are more Republican-leading, Democrat, whatever you want to say. But we still find our way to divide ourselves. And so how do we, like, reconcile these? How do we unify all these, either in the church or with our friend groups? And so what do we do about it? Like, how do we become, quote, unquote, like, racially reconciled? Um, what's the common, like, Sunday school answer? Jesus? What? There you go. Okay, I heard Jesus. I think that's the right answer. But that's, Jesus loves us too. It's a really important one too. But I think the only way we can really um, go about this and think about this is by looking at Jesus and who he is and what the gospel has to say to us. Um, so I think the first thing I want us to realize is that we're all made in the image of God. And from the very beginning in Genesis, um, it says, like, God created mankind in his image. It doesn't say God created, like, white men in his image or God created, like, Korean woman in his image, but he created all of mankind in his image. So this is like pretty like simple and elementary for sure, but I think it's something that's so basic we have to remember that we are all made in the image of God. There's no one in this room right now who isn't made in the image of God, and there isn't one person here who is lesser than in the eyes of God, and our only label is in Christ. Um, in Galatians, this is one of my favorite verses. It says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, or I guess there's neither black nor white, nor Hispanic, nor Asian, um, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Like, it sounds pretty easy. It sounds pretty simple. But when we really think about, like, our only label is in Christ. All of our, like, you can look at me, and you can see, like, black, and you can see male, you can see, like, college-educated. You can see from Portland, then Christian. And it's so easy to get caught up on some of those other things and be like, oh, I'm very different than you in those ways. I'm not a black male who's from Portland. Like, there's a lot of different things from that. But I think if we can look at each other and be like, yo, like, we're the Christian is, like, the only thing that should define us. We're all defined as one um, in Christ. As simple as it sounds, but it's so easy to get, like, screwed up in our heads. I think that's why it's so easy for us to divide in our own ways. And Jesus, he tore down all the walls that were between us um, with the cross. If we go to Ephesians um, 2, 14 through 22, I think I have a, there it is, 4 through 18. Um, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barriers. We're talking about the Jews and Gentiles here, but, like, think of, put your, your, like, mindset of, like, different races or different genders or anything like that. The dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached and, and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, which 
Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So it's a very, like, long chunk of, like, Ephesians. I didn't really want to, I felt kind of weird taking any of those verses out. But the main gist here is that Christ, like, when he died on the cross, like, he tore down, like, any dividing wall that was between anybody. When he died, there's, like, the idea of, like, the curtain, like, being cut. But that was, the, like, any division that was between anybody was cut. Um, through him, I think this applies directly to us today. We have something that we have to remind ourselves is that we are all one uh, in Christ as a result of the cross. I think it's easy too, like, to forget that our main citizenship is in heaven. It's, it's easy to get caught up, like, oh, I'm an American, or um, I'm this race, or I, so I see myself getting at all, like, caught up in that all the time. I'll see my friends who are different than me, who maybe see the world differently than I do, and I think to myself, like, oh, like, I can't um, relate to this person at all. Like, we can talk about Christ, yada, 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 but it doesn't, like, do anything because we're still, like, so different from each other. But, like, when we look at it, like, Philippians tells us, but our citizenship is in heaven. Um, the devil, he wants us divided. He loves it when we, like, separate ourselves into our own groups and find um, excuses to be in our different sections. Like, he loves it when um, we get caught up on different political parties or different races or different socioeconomic statuses or anything like that because we can't, like, do anything as a church if we're all divided in our own ways. We lose the whole picture. And so in Mark, he warns us, too, like, if a house is divided against itself, the house cannot stand. Like, in that, the house, like, you think of it as, like, the church almost. Like, if it's, if it's if we're all divided into our own groups and into um, – our own ways of thinking and surrounding ourselves with people who are just like us, we're not going to, um, it's okay, but um, we're not going to um, be able to get a whole picture of God as a result of that. And I think it's easy, too, to get, like, stuck in, like, talking about, like, oh, like, even for me, it's easy sometimes to see something happen and be like, okay, like, I'm going to do something about that. Like, if I see divide or see injustice or discrimination happen, it's easy to think, like, oh, like, I'm going to go do something about it. But in First John, is a verse, and it says, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And that's a big part because the love doesn't just happen with the things we say, but also is in the things we do. And I think in our James series, it's all across the board. It's saying, like, we, uh, faith without um, deeds is dead. And so what are we going to do when we see people who are um, mistreated? Like, I saw the video of um, the kid at Whitford who was um, – does anyone here go to Whitford? And um, I saw the video of the kid who was getting beat up inside of the bathroom there, and it's just like a – like a crazy stuff that happens at our schools. And so, like, what are we going to do about it? Like, like, what are we going to um, do about those things? Like, what are we going to say something or are we just going to talk about it? Or are we going to actually do something and stand up for those people who are um, being mistreated around us and even in the church or in our schools? And that's a pretty local case, too, that probably most of you guys know about. And I think when Jesus tells us, like, we're supposed to love one another and we're supposed to help the least of these. Like, God says when we're helping the least of these, we're also... Um, loving him as a result of that as well. But not to say that's going to be easy. It's definitely not going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of hard and messy steps um, to it. But we have to remember what we're called to do. We're called to act. We're called to love. We're called to serve. 
And so I want you to think right now, like, what does your friend group look like at school or in church? Are they all people who look and think like you? Are they all different? Like, just, like, in your minds right now, just, like, take a look. It's, like, in your mind or even, like, on social media or whatever. Like, are you hearing a lot of the same ideas or hearing a lot of the um, same perspectives as your own just so you, you live comfortable? I think this, for me, that's, like, a big um, like gut check for me is just realizing that there's a lot of times in my life where I surround myself with people who think exactly like me, who think the way I do and like the things I do because it's comfortable, it's easy. But I think we fail to get a full picture of God and who he is when we surround ourselves with people who are just like us all the time. And when you look at Jesus, I mean, he surrounded himself with like virtually everybody. He was with Samaritans, he was with the prostitutes, the tax collectors, fishermen, everyone who was like looked down in society. Jesus was there to lift them up and do life with them. And have you guys heard the term diversity before? Yes, no, maybe so, I don't know. Okay. Um, like, di- like diversity is like we get stuck in that idea a lot. We think, oh, it's just a bunch of different people in a room. But I think when it comes to re- racial reconciliation, how do we deal with injustice? It's a matter of doing life together and finding friends who we can lean on and finding friends who we can support where they're not doing well and lift up when they're doing um, great in life and just be able to, um, yeah, just like do life and have community. That's what Jesus did. He found those people and then just say like, hey, how's it going and walk away. But he found ways to do life um, with them. And that's not going to be easy. It takes a lot of humility and it takes a lot of um, like grace in that too. But it means the world to me. Like I've had Keithan and Matt Comer and other people do this too. Like when things happen, in the world or in society that have affected, like, black people in America, like, having them, like, call me and ask me, like, what are your eyes on the situation and how do you see this is huge because I think it's easy to see things through our own mindset. And so I urge you, if there's everything that happen to other people and you have a friend who's in a similar situation, it's like asking, like, how do you see this? Because I think that's what God has called us to because he did the same thing with the Samaritan woman. He asked her or sat down with her and tried to see the world through her eyes and what she was going through. And one of my favorite um, verses in the world, and it's like in the word, not or world. I guess it kind of go, both works. But um, it's Revelation 7, 9. And it says, after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And if you guys know the line, like, on earth as it is in heaven, have you heard of that before from the, the Lord's Prayer? I think with this verse, it's so easy to get hooked on like, oh, like that's in Revelation. Like that's supposed to be in the future. Like one day we'll have everyone together. One day we'll have all these people in the same place worshiping God. But we can have that now. Like we can have, on, like, like have that happen on earth, have heaven on earth. And so we can have reconciliation now. We can have love now. We can have joy and peace and all the things that um, racial reconciliation brings. And I think like we as Christians, like we have to be the front like doors of that. When you see things happen in our school or people think, or we see people who are being mistreated for being either disabled or um, like being a woman or like being a black person, whatever that may be, like we're supposed to stand up for those people because that's what Christ um, would have done as well. And the cross ultimately put an end to any division that we have between all of us. And so if you guys mind standing up real quick. I know it's a lot, so you can take a deep breath. It's hard to fit. 
how to solve racial reconciliation in 20 minutes, but I try my best. But, um, and then I know this is weird because girls and guys, cooties, gross. But um, if you can grab the hand of the person next to you, across the aisles too. Shh, do it quietly, please. Front row. Okay, David, I think it's reverse. It's uh, Psalm 133. That slide is, do you have that? Let's see. Okay, there it is. So I'm going to see the exclamation mark at the very end. Okay, so I'm going to have you guys read this as loud as you possibly can. I'm going to try, I have a microphone, so I have a little bit of an edge on you. But we're going to try reading together in unity, obviously. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Three, two, one. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Amen? All right. Let me, pr- let me pray for you guys real quick. Dear Lord, I thank you for the time that we have together. I thank you for the time that we have to dive into your word and learn more about you. And I just pray that we can be more unified in you and be willing to act when we see things that are wrong or ununified. And I just pray that you can give us hearts that look for those who are different in us and look for people who experience the world differently so we can see another piece of you and another side of you, God. And I just pray that as, um, um, yeah, we won't see people as other or different or less than them, but we can see everyone as equal um, in you and know that you don't love a single person on this world any less than the other, God, and that you love us all um, the same. And I just pray as we go to our schools that we can take this with us and into our churches and our families and um, know that this is something we don't have to wait for, but it's something we can do now, even as middle schoolers, God. And in your name I pray, amen.